Jeez Louise, man. I had to drive all the way to Montvale, Virginia to depict what a real explosion could look like for Liberty Flames fans. Montvale, in case you're unfamiliar, is situated between Roanoke and Bedford, Virginia, and is home to, well, it's basically a hub where different uh, oil companies send out their gasoline or diesel fuel to different parts of the region. So, of course, had to go there, kind of do a little visual for the InsaneRadioDeals.com fast take at Fast Lane Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and my LinkedIn account if you choose to connect there as well. All to be able to put into words what a real potential explosion can look like. Okay, yeah, there, there's a lot of embellishment actually to that, as you could probably have figured out. But here's the thing. Liberty fans are, you know, freaking out. I get it. It's the first time they've been in this spot where you've lost a rash of players in the era of the transfer portal. I hate to be the bearer of bad news. It's not going to be the last time. But let's call them just a bit. Okay, yes, you lose a lot of key contributors. They will no doubt be hard to replace production-wise. But there are also things to consider here. And look, again, for the record, I did not attend Liberty University. I don't pretend to be a Liberty Flames fan, although I will say Liberty fans and the folks at Liberty have been extremely great to us here in the fast lane as far as supporting our show, our social media platforms, and the Virginia Talk Radio Network and all the platforms we have on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. But look, I didn't go there. I don't have the emotional ties that a lot of people do. Maybe in some spots it means I don't have enough emotion. Sometimes maybe it's good to not have enough emotion. You can be the judge. Share with us. Fast Lane, Ned Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, even connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Well, by the way, we will get to more of that. It's going to be next week because we're jammed up today in the Fast Lane. But here's the thing. If you go to this site called on3.com, on3 has joined Rivals and 247 Sports, which are the other two sites where they do analysis of player acquisition in college sports in terms of ranking players, ranking teams, accumulating players. But On3 does a little different twist on their rankings. Because with certain players, On3 will actually list what the transfer portal value might actually be for those players which makes it relatively fascinating. And for those that may be uncertain, here's the thing you can do. You can go to On3, you can take a look, and you can see what the value of a particular player is. And then it can give you an idea of whether or not that player reasonably could go to your school. Now, keep this in mind. This is a general value assessment. It's not an official value proclaimer. So just, again, for a level of context here, Hopefully, we can provide this value. But we've outlined it before. Some positions are deemed more valuable than others. Add into it that there are certain fan bases, <coughs> the SEC, among others, where fans are willing to go way above and beyond to make sure their school's collectives continue to have high amounts of, in the immortal words of Kenny Powers, dollar, dollar bills, y'all. To be able to give to certain players. And I'm not saying that Caden Salter is going to an SEC school or that anybody else from Liberty is going to Auburn or another SEC school. Although I would expect at least one to two of those guys to make their way there. But again, it provides some level of context about the theory of supply and demand when it comes to certain players. So I'll throw this name out there. You may have no clue who this person is. In fact, I don't expect you to. 
This guy's name is Stone Blanton. He's a linebacker from Mississippi, went to South Carolina, now is transferring to Mississippi State. Deemed a four-star. Again, maybe you know who this guy is. Maybe in five years we'll know he's the next Luke Keekley. Maybe he fades off into oblivion in the NFL. Who knows? But for the sake of this argument, Stone Blanton has a projected NIL value, according to On3.com, of $130,000. That's an off-ball linebacker, which is not generally very valued when it comes to sports. Here's another one. Ty Thompson transferred from Oregon... Five-star quarterback, so keep that in mind. Four stars, Caden Salter. But Ty Thompson, five-star quarterback, transfer from Oregon to Tulane with a couple years of eligibility remaining. $522,000 in projected NIL value. So, okay, those numbers may be inexact. But you got to ask yourself, do you believe that Liberty or, frankly, most group of five programs have NIL collectives that are at that level? I I tend to say no. Now... If you're an alumni base, should you start to donate to the Flames Rising Collective at Liberty or whatever the collective is for JMU or insert your other school here? Yeah, I mean, if you really care about the school, that's probably where your resources need to go, especially if you're a Liberty fan because they are very, very well set up financially as an institution for all the flaws of the former, quote, dignitary, end quote, who may or may not have been on the airplane with his wife, loosely using the term wife, of course, if that's what you want to do, but... For all the flaws of that former dignitary that was in charge of Liberty University, he did set them up very well financially compared to so many other programs in the country. For Again, for all of his character flaws, great business mind, and did a lot for Liberty in that regard. So if you're a, a supporter of Liberty Athletics, yes, donating to the Flames Rising Collective is important, and they don't pay us in the fast lane. This is not a, a, a PSA for them. But it is to give you an idea of Liberty University and where they are right now trying to grow that collective and trying to get to that point. And if you're just trying to gain some level of context for it, this is why you have to have a faith in this quote from the man who uttered this quote after the Flames' 45-6 defeat to Oregon in the Fiesta Bowl, what seems like an eternity, but it's actually just a couple days ago this past Monday. This this program will be back on this stage. Mark that down. Conference U.S. will be back on this stage. We will be back in this. And um, the reason why is because today we, we saw how far we're away. And the guys that are returning uh, and the guys we're bringing in, um, this will be our benchmark. And uh, we're shooting for the college football playoff. And uh, today is a, a great motivator because it tells us how far we are and we're away. We're far away right now. But uh, we will be back on that. And, and I hope future recruits and people know that we're heading in a great direction. You have to have faith in that comment if you're a Liberty fan. Here's why. You're paying the coaching staff at Liberty $4 million a year to the head coach, and you're very well compensating the assistant coaches at Liberty relative to other group of five programs. When you're dealing with roster turnover, that's what you're paid to handle. Like, I don't think it's unreasonable to have that expectation on Jamie Chabwell and his staff to have faith in them and to have faith in Liberty. And if they're willing to pay Jamie Chabwell in, in a $4 million a year reportedly and With that, it's not just paying him, it's paying his staff and continuing to have the support in terms of resources and uh, working to bolster the NIL collective and Liberty. They're in the right direction with that. It's not like they're slacking and pretending it doesn't exist or isn't an important thing. And you can say that about other schools out there, maybe even some Power 5 programs in our area. But you look at Liberty right now, uh, they're not naive to it. They're just not there. And then on top of that, there is the reality of, you know, if you're a player and you can get more money, you have a limited shelf life. 
I mean, I don't think Caden Salter is exactly a uh, a player that's oozing with NFL talent. Heck, Ty Thompson, the kid who transferred from Oregon to Tulane, right now he wouldn't be a high draft pick, even though he was a five-star recruit coming out. And Salter, remember, he was a four-star quarterback who was originally committed to Tennessee, and it's not like he got moved off the roster because he couldn't play. He got moved off the roster because, allegedly, uh, <coughs> yes, you can figure out where we're going with the uh, cough implied here, but allegedly had some decision-making issues that popped up during his time at Tennessee. So he became available to Liberty. And everybody benefited from that relationship. Flames fans did because they got a 13-0 season. The coaching staff did because it's a great way to start and it justifies a potential pay raise coming to them. The program benefits because they now have something tangible proof that you can be a talent and come to Liberty, succeed in Jamie Chowell's system, and boost your stock for wherever your next destination may be. If you're the Flames program, it's on you to have an idea of these potential departures and realize it. And it's why... It may have caught other people off guard that Caden Salter entered the transfer portal, as did C.J. Daniels, also Kobe Singleton doing it. They joined Preston Hodge, who's going away, to uh, to Colorado, and Kennedy Charles, who's heading to destination unknown just yet. But if you're Liberty, it's on you as a coaching staff to, to identify this, understand where you are, and then take the next steps forward. And again, we reference those numbers from On3Sports or on3.com in their recruiting and their valuation, but it speaks to the overall picture of a Liberty. If you're handling your business the correct way, you know what's going on right now, and it puts you in a spot to really be able to handle this situation as confident as possible. Speaking of confidence, you're not going to gain much from our projections momentarily. However, you can gain confidence knowing that you had an insurance carrier that shopped your raid to different providers to make sure you get the best Auto insurance rate may not be the cheapest, but it's the best, provides the coverage you need, and can do the same thing with your home and even offer an umbrella policy to make sure you're taken care of. Gardner Insurance Solutions, Old Forest Road in Lynchburg, do what I did. Give them a call, let them shop around, and let them see what they can do to make sure you have the best rate for you in the new year. Gardner Insurance Solutions. Now, it is time for Trey and me to make our projections in our votes of confidence, where you may not be as confident as we might be in pretending to make these. Nothing provides the intended inspiration quite like a vote of confidence. The confidence I think that the team has. You know, winning makes you feel good, makes you confident. Now, here's our votes of confidence, inspiring you with the certainty you're seeking. All right, Trey, let's go ahead and start things off on the hardwood in basketball with three teams that we cover regularly in action tomorrow, and it is a perfectly laid out triple header of action. And don't worry, while you're watching it, you can fire up the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app and listen to the NFL double header that we have, and we will be projecting momentarily. Yeah, make well, sure my mic's completely on. Um, we will little be joining bit of the, first the first game, game in progress. Probably like, let's knock on wood the fourth quarter. Yeah, we'll be joining it sometime in the second half. And I'm only likely. saying that for uh, for an inside joke here for the special someone that's listening. Uh, yes, thank you very much, Trey. I'll I'll leave it at that so we don't go into too much inside baseball. You know, those type of jokes where you don't really know what's going on and you're left scratching your head because you're like, wait a second. I'm not in on the joke with the host, and therefore I might as well just tune away. We try to avoid that, of course. Triple header, though, a basketball action. Two o'clock tomorrow. Down in Raleigh, NC State. They're a one and a half point favored against Virginia and an over under of 125 and a half. Trey, 
Um, give me the Wahoos to uh, cover. I think this will be a slow-paced game, so I'll take the under. I'm going the other direction with you, Trey. I, I will go with the under because Virginia, they are putting a greater emphasis on defense. But right now, I I'm going to see it when I believe it spot that Virginia can win on the road. They've gotten beat by 20-plus points in their two true road games at Memphis and at Notre Dame. And they got beat by over 20 in their other pseudo-road game against Wisconsin. Granted, they won against uh, West Virginia a couple days later, but that's not exactly an awe-inspiring situation. So for NC State right now, with DJ Burns, who's been very good inside and he didn't have a good game last year, and the Wolfpack do have good guard play, I, I go with NC State. Can Virginia win? Yeah, absolutely. Can Reese Beekman neutralize the guards? Yes. Could Ryan Dunn be athletic enough to really give fits to DJ Burns down low, denying entries, blocking shots, and allowing Virginia to be aggressive on the glass and, and minimize the size disadvantage they have against the Wolfpack. Yeah, I don't, I don't dispute that any of that could happen. I just, I need to see it from Virginia before I actually believe it. Similarly, Virginia Tech, they're at Florida State, three thirty airtime. It is game one of our sports triple header on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. A four p.m. tip from Tallahassee as the Hokies battle the Seminoles. It's a pick'em tray. In an over of over under of one forty four and a half. Um, give me. I think Tech bounces back. Uh, they you know, they seem to have pretty decent success in Tallahassee. So I, I'll take I'll take Virginia Tech in this one. Um, you know I think Florida State is just not what we expect of of a Leonard Hamilton team at this point. And I think the Hokies. I think Sean Padola kind of finally you know. I think is finally somewhat healthy, um, should help. So uh, his health probably hurt a little bit in the Wake Forest game. Um, so I I'll take the Hokies. I'm going under 144 and a half, yeah. if only because of this, Trey. I think there's a decent chance that Virginia Tech could be as dominant as they've been a couple times they've gone to Tallahassee. And if not, we've seen things snowball the other way against Virginia Tech, in part because their defense doesn't match their offense. And when the offense when the defense struggles, it's often because the offense is struggling, which means, yes, they're giving up points, but they're also not scoring a lot to keep up with a high total like 144.5. That's why I'm most confident in the under 144.5. I'll go with Florida State for the same reason that I went with NC State. I think your logic with Virginia Tech is spot on, Trey. I am literally just going with the show me you can do it on the road. This is absolutely a spot where Virginia Tech should bounce back. They've had a week to prepare and stew on the embarrassing loss at Florida at Wake Forest, and they've had success at Florida State. And this is not a good Seminoles team. You hit on all the logical points. I'm going with the less logical take of show me you can do it on the road before I believe it. Trey, third game tomorrow. The line has not officially been released for Liberty at Western Kentucky for the 6 p.m. Eastern tip. Um, I will throw this out there. Liberty has been projected to be the top team in Conference USA. That doesn't often hold form in this conference, and there's been a lot of turnover, so I know that statement may not carry as much weight as it would in prior years. But for Liberty, yes, they were embarrassed against Alabama last Saturday. The, it, of, of all their blowout losses, this is the one where you just feel like Liberty left some meat on the bone in terms of what else they could have put together and what else they could have done to show out in a good way. It was never really competitive at all against the Tide. As it was a 101-56 game. That's the type that really hurts you in Ken Palm ratings and, and the net rankings going forward. Losing to Alabama is one thing, but getting blown out the way Liberty did is a much more challenging thing. But 
This is a Western Kentucky team that I think you're looking at an overvalued spot, particularly with the offensive production of Don McHenry, who's been very good at guard play, and that's been giving Liberty fits. And McHenry is a 6'2 guard, bigger size, which has given Liberty fits. So right now I'll go with Western Kentucky. Again, it wouldn't shock me at all if Liberty wins, but I'm going to stick with the same logic of prove to me you can actually get the dub. Yeah, I agree with you uh, on this one. Um, You know, I think Liberty's going to play with a lot of emotion being their first conference game in Conference USA. Uh, So maybe a slow start for them. Um, But uh, I agree with you. Trey, we pivot away from the hardwood. And over, well, actually not from the hardwood, the, the men's side of the hardwood, to the women's side of basketball. There are no lines that have been out for this, just keep in mind but it's worth bringing this up because there are a couple of big games this coming weekend one is at noon on the cw for acc women's basketball duke against virginia as the cavaliers look to bounce back and the big one is on the acc network a top 15 showdown in the castle between number three nc state and number 13 virginia tech um i'm probably a more of a conviction on the duke virginia game virginia again They're a good team right now, but I just don't know if they're ready to take the leap from good to great as we've seen in their ACC losses to NC State and then on the road at Georgia Tech last week. Again, prove to me that you can do it if you're Virginia. I don't I certainly believe they can keep this game competitive. It would be a great step for Coach Mox, but I've got to see it. Meanwhile, NC State is at Virginia Tech. I know the Wolfpack are very good right now, Trey. Maybe I'm blinded by this one. But Virginia Tech, the Lady Hokies, actually look like they're really starting to find their form. They weren't great last night at Wake Forest, but I do wonder if some of that is because there was a look-ahead spot as natural as it would be to the big showdown Sunday against NC State. Ultimately, the Hokies did enough to grit it out and survive. Uh, I think this is a game Virginia Tech has circled in their calendar as a chance to get a marquee win. They've been solid all year, but they have yet to pick up that huge headlining win. This would certainly fit the bill for the Lady Hokies on Sunday. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, you know, their two losses are to two of the best teams in the country uh, like go watch Caitlin Clark at, in Iowa and the obviously the LSU game which was in LSU uh wait you know NC State kind of the team you know weirdly stating is like the team that no one thought of they they began the season unranked and now are a top 10 team um I these are the I think the clear two best teams in the ACC and I would not be shocked if this is a you know I think this would be if they play in the ACC title game it'd be three years in a row they played each other in the ACC title game, or at least they might have played in the semis last year. But I think these two teams will decide who wins the ACC. So give me the Hokies at home in this one. I think that's ultimately the difference because I think Virginia Tech has a good home crown now for women's basketball as it, as this program has grown. They certainly have, Trey. It's been very good for Virginia Tech. You hit on a lot of the same points that I emphasized as well. Pivoting away from the hardwood to the gridiron, which concludes, well, the regular season this coming weekend, um, and, and certainly the last game for the Washington Commanders. More on that momentarily. But Saturday, you've got a doubleheader of games. It is part of our triple header. It's games two and three of our triple header because we will join in progress. The Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, this line opened up this week with the Steelers favored by four. It has come down to three in terms of the Steelers being favored and over under low as it is of 35. So I think this was, I heard a stat today. This was like 12 straight games. The, the underdog has covered against the spread. So I'm taking Baltimore. Um, I I am also fading Mason Rudolph for a third. Like he, I've never like three straight reads, weeks of good performances. I just don't believe it. So I will take the under in this one. I think I know Baltimore's playing a lot of backups, but I think you know 
they have good depth. I mean, Tyler Huntley is not like, obviously not Lamar Jackson, but he's serviceable. And I think um, you could argue the Ravens have still have the quarterback matchup against Mason Rudolph. So I'll take Baltimore and I'll lean the under here. Does it not have a feel of like a 16 to 13 game? Yeah. Like I would not be shocked Baltimore wins this one. I like, wouldn't either. Because they be they're they'll be motivated and it's they, they want to win. They're gonna arrest Lamar Jackson, but Tyler Huntley is not a bad backup. He was a pro bowler last year. Yeah, for whatever that's worth. Because everyone said no. Yeah, I mean basically because he was the last one standing. I'm with you though. I've got Baltimore at plus I actually got him at plus three and a half earlier today. You might still be able to find that out there and I also in a game got him like at this, plus three and a half. Great minds think Actually, alike. I might have got their money line just for fun, but uh, same point. I stuck with Baltimore at plus three and a half because I've got San Francisco to have the best record in the NFL. And if Baltimore loses and the Niners win, then that one goes from being a, a push, basically, where you get half your money. They, sh- they shouldn't apply. give you your money because the Ravens have the best record because they beat the 49ers. I mean, technically speaking, but dead rules saying. apply, Trey. So I know. I- I'm going with Baltimore. I actually put a little bit extra. Hey. Instead of 30 bucks, I went all Wait. the way up to $50, Trey. So, Watch so out we're not going to pick this game, but if the Ravens win this game, just for you and us, the funniest thing in the world could happen, you could lose a bet because of Carson Wentz, and that would be the funniest thing. Like I mentioned, if the Eagles didn't F up last weekend, it would have been funny if Carson Wentz was the reason the Eagles got the one seed. Oh, and, and, and trust <laughs> so, me, so it would be going... it would be funny if the Carson Wentz leads beats the 49ers and because they're playing their backups too, and you lose that bet. You know, it, it would not shock me because who knows what's going to happen in that game. We're not carrying it though. So, game three of our triple letter tomorrow. It starts at three thirty for Virginia Tech at Florida State. Then we'll join Pittsburgh and Baltimore in progress, and we'll wrap it up with the Indianapolis Colts hosting the Houston Texans, who are a one-point favorite in an over-under of 47.5. And to explain this to people, and we'll get to the second game, uh, which basically these two... I, it, we were great minds to like, because I didn't, we didn't talk about the games you're going to pick, and then I I thought we should pick this the second game, first game on Sunday. But the winner of this game uh, clinches a playoff spot uh, between Texans and Colts, and then the loser of this game will have our... Uh, or if they win and the Jags lose, which is our first game on Sunday... They'll win the division. So, but I am. Uh, I'm actually taking Indianapolis. I just think the difference is the home team. Um, I I like I like what Houston is doing. I really do. Um, I just think I'll I'll take the home team. Give me points with the home team in this one. When I think these are very close match teams. Um, you know, from the lines of scrimmage, especially. And I think Indianapolis with their run game will probably be able to carry it out in this one. I and I'll take the under. So I disagree. I, I, I'm with you on the under. Uh, no doubt. 47 and a half. That's one of those key spots. 27-20 makes it 47 if it gets to that point. Um, I'm with you on, on the under. I like the Texans, though. I, I'm a little bit higher on D'Amico Ryans, particularly how he and Bobby Slowick, the offensive coordinator, have helped with C.J. Stroud, which means I'm also higher on the Texans at quarterback. It's hard to beat a team twice. It, I think it's easier to beat a team three times because if you've beaten them twice, you probably have a blueprint for how to do it, and it, it, the other team hasn't adjusted to it. But Indianapolis won at Houston earlier this year. I like Houston to go on the road and to get it done in this one. I would take them on the money line, though, just with a one or a one and a half. Your better value is in that particular spot in terms of the security if it's a one-point game. And yes, I've been scarred by that previously. Uh, you outlined the scenarios earlier, Trey, which leads into our triple header on Sunday, starting with the aforementioned 1230 airtime game, Jacksonville at Tennessee over under a 41 Titans four point home underdogs. Um, give me Vrabes in Tennessee. I think they are going to want 
to I don't know if they win, but I think they will want to ruin Jacksonville. Um, you know, winning the division. So give me give me Tennessee to at least cover and I think they'll make an ugly game. You know, Tannehill playing quarterback, I kind of feel a little bit better about this. Uh, even though I thought the right move was to go to Levis. Uh, but so I'll see Tennessee in the under. I'm going with Jacksonville, if only because I thought the money... Trevor Lawrence, for whatever reason, has played better on the road than he has at home. And the Titans, the biggest issues are they don't cover very well. And I think the Jaguars can exploit that in a game they need on the road. This is not your same Tennessee Titans team. I have concerns about the Jaguars, no doubt. But I don't think this is the same Tennessee Titans team, particularly if Will Levis starts. That's probably the biggest coin flip element to this game is it still is undecided in that regard. So we're different on that. I will go no, with No, they the already under. announced that Tannehill's playing. Tannehill's playing. Ooh, okay. Well, then. That's why I said Tannehill is, you know, that's why... I, there you go. So, just to help you out, bud. Thank you very much, But Jacksonville on the under? Uh, yes, Jacksonville on okay. the under. Uh, less confident, obviously, as you can tell previously. Meanwhile, our other game, which is the final game of Ron Rivera's career in Washington. And hey, is, you don't know that. I know. Shocking. So, here's my logic on this. Commanders are a 13-point underdog, and the over-under is 47. People have this idea that a team like Washington is going to want to tank. Dude, the coach is about to get fired. What the hell does he care? Like, what does Ron Rivera care about this? Not to mention, if Dallas gets up early in this game, even if they don't, Dallas can win the NFC East if Philadelphia loses to the Giants. Nobody said anything, but I think there's a very real scenario that Philadelphia just says, hey, we're going to deactivate right tackle Lane Johnson, the center Jason uh, center Jason Kelsey. We're going to deactivate Kelsey will play Jaylen a snap Hurt. to keep his streak alive. He'll play a snap, but then they'll pull him. They'll deactivate Jalen Hurts. They'll rest guys as needed. Philly's an analytics-based team. They're not getting a bye. Which means they're going to treat this game as a bye against the Giants, which is also at 425, the kickoff for Eagles at Giants. Therefore, the Eagles may rest everyone and the Cowboys' motivation may go away and the Commanders may want to win. I think the value is clearly on Washington at plus 13. And I see a scenario where Washington could absolutely win because if Philly decides they don't care, then Dallas may decide they don't care and they start resting starters because they'll start treating this game as a bye week as well since they don't get a bye. Ironically, all this is backfiring on the NFL owners who wanted to have more games and fewer bye weeks for different teams to get more teams in the playoffs. So now teams are just going to devalue playoff seeding because they really don't care. They'd rather have the extra rest. Doesn't mean you can rest everybody, but you can rest key players. Like for Dallas, C.D. Lamb, Michael Parsons, Dak Prescott. For Philadelphia, we mentioned the ones they could rest as well. So that's why I take Washington. I just think the value's there on the Commanders at 13. And yes, over under a 47. Both teams wanting to get out of there. I could see it going under because of that. Yeah, so we literally... I mean, Dallas was in this exact scenario last year. Ironically, Sam House first start. Uh, also, the game we thought that was going to be Ron Rivera's last game. Um, and, you know, Sam, Sam House you know, slung the pill like he did and won. And I'm not saying Washington's going to win. But I'm going to take Washington to cover just because it's Dallas in an important game. And if there wasn't a BS call and, you know, a mistake by a bad officiating crew last week, Dallas would not be in this spot. And so, like, let's – so give me Washington to at least cover. So I have – and I will – I'll take the over. I think it's going to be somewhat scoring. You taking the under and uh, Washington, right? You know, I actually, you know what? I will flip it around. Washington's defense is not spectacular. Dallas is a one-man defense with Micah Parsons so leading agreeing. so much. Yeah, I'm flipping that around. I'm going over on that game as well. Final game is Sunday night. 
Buffalo against Miami, two and a half point favorite of the Bills against the Dolphins. If this was three weeks ago when the Dolphins were healthy, I'd actually take the Dolphins at this number of getting two and a half. I like Buffalo there in this spot, though. I think Josh Allen can ultimately make a difference, even though Buffalo is a team that's not so confident that I love them in this spot. And an over-under of 48, once again, I'll go with an under in a primetime game with Buffalo squeaking out a win, even though Miami finds a way to muck this game up. Yeah, so I think the Buffalo Bills are going to the Super Bowl. I said that since they turned this around. Uh, so I have to pick the Bills just in case they, because they need to win this, because they literally could be the two seed or they could be out of the playoffs depending on how these games go. So give me Buffalo and uh, I will, I'll actually take, I agree with you, I'll take the under. When so we, we were, agree on this, right? We we do, yes. When this we return in the fast lane, by the way, Trey, we'll pivot away from college football to a little college basketball and a lot of college football. All of that's still to come with WSET's Dave Walls next here in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.